0: I'd like to welcome everyone who is watching another watching and following along with another edition of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame's Hall Call interview series. As always, I am Will Driscoll, the Executive Director here at the Hall of Fame, and we're always happy to bring you an exciting episode of Hall Call. Before we get started, though, I'd like to always thank our sponsors. You can see them over my shoulders, Priority Automotive, the Beck Foundation, Davcon, Inc., Centera Health Plans, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, and White Claw Hard Seltzer. Without them, we can't put on programs like Hall Call and every- Everything that we do. So thank you to them. Well, today on Hall Call, we get to catch up with another one of Virginia's great Olympic champions. A few weeks ago, it was Benita Fitzgerald Mosley. And today it is Olympic gold medalist Latasha Colander-Clark. Clark is a Portsmouth native and state champion in multiple disciplines, sprint and hurdle. She is also a 14-time ACC champion with UNC Chapel Hill, and as I mentioned, brought home Olympic gold in 2000 when she anchored the 4 by 200 meter relay team to victory. Currently, she hosts her own podcast, Christ Talk, which is inspiring Christian media for the whole family that touches the heart and gives hope, and she is also a 2014 Virginia Sports Hall of Fame inductee. So, Latasha, thank you so much for taking some time to join us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Well, as we were talking a little bit before we got started, and, and one of the things that I've really enjoyed about doing Hulk Hall Call for the last four or five years, and I think we're in our fifth year, is that we, we love the athletic accomplishments. We're a Sports <laughs> Hall of Fame. Of course we do. But we also like to use this platform to talk about what you're doing now, understanding your career doesn't end when your athletic pursuits end so give us a little bit of background on your podcast why did you get into the podcast game other than everybody's doing it like we're doing right now why was it important to you
1: yes um, it was important to me to start a podcast and in order to reach out to network to see what um, my colleagues other Olympians authors um, and writers were doing um, you know, in the world today, you know, it's so many things that are going on, and uh, it's just wonderful to be able to just connect, um, to continue, you know, the, um, you know, athletic, you know, um, I would say camaraderie. You know, from the Olympics, you re- you really develop a love for the sport, but you also have friends and you have family that you would know for years and years, and so I thought that media would be a wonderful way to reach out and to be able to connect and see how the world is doing today.
0: What is the overarching message that you're trying to convey through your podcast? And and give us a little bit of background on on going from point A when you have the idea all the way through point Z and getting it started. Yes, the
1: University of North Carolina Chapel Hill uh, was the university I graduated from, received the BA in mass communications um, and also in journalism and marketing uh, with a minor in those areas. So I started my production company after years of running in sports, um, meeting so many different um, faces and and friends that are still today from the Olympic games. Um, I used my BA, um, my my bachelor's of arts in mass communications to continue the work that I was doing in college at the University of North Carolina. So that is the fruit of it and to inspire um, the foundation of it with my father, Um, He, he's a minister. He's a overseer, a bishop. He served under his father for more than 30 years working full time. So I had the love of service. You know, I came up wanting to serve, be on boards, um, helping others to um, come through, you know, through the lines of athletics and in the foundation of education. And so I've had a foundation of serving. And so Christ Studios was founded also for service, community service. I'm helping others to pass the baton forward when I'm not here one day. It will be my, my children and other people that have the heart to serve that will continue the service. I, yes. I, love
0: the, I love the little innuendo there about passing the baton, obviously, from your track and field days. But yes. you, you talk about service and nobody gets to the level that you achieved in athletics without others helping you along the way. So how important is that service component? And, and give us a little bit of an insight into who were those people that helped you along the way go from, I have this ability as a track and field runner and hurdler to an Olympic champion?
1: Yes. Um, first of all, you know, to God be the glory, my, I became a Christian, you know, when I was really young and, and inspired to really, um, you know, find my gifts. And I found that your gift would make room for you. And my gift has made room for me through the years. Um, so my parents have been uh, my inspiration. They are hard workers from Virginia. Uh, they were uh, post office workers. You know, My father carried the mail in Suffolk, Virginia on his back. Um, he was one of those carriers that went door to door. He built relationships. People knew him by name. Um, he would come d- days when it was cold and they would give him cake, coffees, something to drink while he's delivering their Christmas mail or Christmas cards. It was it was something that I found that was really beautiful. My mom was an accountant. Um, so my inspiration came from Virginia, my family that still are there. We have a home church. We still take care of the community to this day um, with feeding them and things of that nature. And I'm um, really making sure people have a, a home to live in. Uh, my grandfather is also a fa- one of the founding figures, uh, Bishop Opadak Kalander. He's passed now, but he also did service with the, uh, Mike Duman, Mike the mayor of Suffolk. Yeah. They, they helped with uh, putting ditches and, and, and making sure water and all of those necessary things were in the city. Um, so I love serving. I love giving to people. And I saw that my father, he, he loved what he did and he walked it and he carried it on his back because he loved people. That, that's what woke him up in the morning, the people that look forward mm-hmm. to having him come to the door. Um, so those things were a part of me in Virginia, and that's why I love to serve, and that's where I am today with my foundation and with my production company. We wanna give hope, we want to inspire.
0: The, those are definitely the, the, the words that we need more of in, in, the, in the world today is hope and inspiration. And it's great to be able to connect athletics because there's so much that goes into athletic achievement that, that's hope and inspiration. And it's great to see how that's translating into your philanthropic uh, duties and, and the business world as well. Throughout the, the, uh, the podcast, Christ Talk, has there been a particular story or interview that really stands out to you in the time that you've been able to put this out to the public?
1: Yes, um, I, I go back to Martin Luther King. He's still ringing in the world today with, I have a dream. You have young athletes, you have young students um, in this world, especially in Virginia. I mean, we have so much talent. Um, they always say it's something in the water in Virginia. <laughs> it must be the Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> um, but we we want to be able to inspire this next generation um, of athletes. You know, I came up with uh, the Dre Bly's, where we were right around the street from each other, Chesapeake, Virginia, uh, you know, Alan Averson's, Michael Vicks. We have so much talent in Virginia. Missy Elliott, I mean, these are the entertainment world. I mean, she can come and sing for the sports arenas. <laughs> 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 But we have so much inspiration and so many wonderful athletes. It is amazing. I love the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame because we are reaching out. Um, we see the talent. We see the depth that we have. And the coaches that I had, you know, the Richard Drates, um, you know, that came through the, you know, those years of helping athletes, volunteering. I mean, those are the reasons why I come back and I give back. And I was on the board um, with the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame to serve. Um, because of the Martin Luther King, because we have youth that still have a dream.
0: You know, it, it's amazing. So I've been with the Hall now for uh, for seven years, been in this leadership role t- taking over Freddie Webb five years ago. And Norfolk native, fellow Eastern District rival of Maury High School. So, uh, Ooh, so uh, yeah, Maury and Wilson, now Manor. I yes. guess it was Manor, then Wilson, now Manor again. Yes. But yeah, good, good rivalries on the baseball and volleyball uh, courts for me. But, you know, as much as we love you mentioned it it's while something in the water is kind of tied to hampton roads because of the festival that they now have for yes. you look across the state and mm-hmm. and when you were competing against not just the athletes from it, here in the 757 area code but when you were going out to state tournaments how great was the level of competition that you faced even at the high school level
1: oh my gosh um you see virginia has some has a depth in sports it's almost like texas I mean, when you really look at the areas where you know where we are, it is it's something that is here with our athletes that's resonating with them, and I think that it's the talent that keeps coming back, and and they like the we have Lashawn Merritt that's about to you know receive his honorary you know uh, you know Hall of Fame, and that came from he's from Manor High School, Manor Wilson, right? but the city loved us so much that they invested in us and they brought us back. And we were able to speak to other athletes when he was there at the school, no Olympic goal. He had a dream, but guess what? He just tapped into it when he found out these people did it. I can do it too. So I I think it's because of our love in the community that keeps putting our faces in front of these athletes to let them know they're here. They're actually here and
0: and it's that support one of my favorite things to do once we once we announce other than voting on the class going through the nominations and then ultimately selecting the class is really starting to do the research and find out all of the connections and you mentioned incoming inductee LaShawn Merritt he'll be inducted April 20th uh up in Henrico County first time we're hosting the induction in a centralized location but you and LaShawn both went to the same high school and that's that's kind of what I'm alluding to is I love going back to see Who else is from the high school? Because that's really where we find these connections in Virginia is without the Major League Baseball and National Football League and NBA teams here, we are really inducting Virginians, people with strong connections. So when you see another fellow high school alum at the same school that you went to, grew up in the same city, same neighborhoods, how exciting is that to the community at Manor High School? That is a dream come true that
1: the media needs to just jump on. <laughs> um, you know, you have only certain times ever that you can have gold medalists from the same school. I mean, think about that. I mean, how often do you get, you know, during that same type of... It's certain times that you have to know the essence of the time. If real estate, if the world and business knows essence of the time then even in sports we know it's a time for everything you know so i believe that it is something that we just need to just jump on that jump on that train and keep rolling with it with these athletes that are coming from these schools you know maury high school awesome talent awesome teachers i mean these teachers and coaches put so much time that they weren't even paid for that time. You know, Manor, Woodrow Wilson. We have so much depth of talent, but we have the community that's really poured into. It was teachers and coaches that poured into LaShawn Merritt. You know, and a host of all these, we have so many to name. I mean, you know, we have some from ODU. Come on now. ODU's athletes are phenomenal. And we have to look at this time in the season that these athletes really need, a spark, Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: know, because they're there and they're looking for it to be in the next.
0: I mean, even just talking about the track and field world, you know, last year we had Francina McCrory who was inducted. We also Uh had Sheila Trice Myers, who's one of the greatest division three champions ever, if not the greatest track and field (laughs) champion at the division three level. And that's, that's the really exciting thing about, about Virginia is when you look at every single level of sport. We have people that are not just great in their community, yes. but they then transcended the state and potentially national and international competitions as well. Yes, and people need to
1: know that. I mean, you have the different divisions: Division Three, Division Two, Division One, and of course, the pressures are different at those particular levels. I was Division One. You know, um, the Olympic Games is another another dimension, right? Um, so those levels are different. You know. But at the same time, we need to be able to applaud them and really put that that marketing there to really highlight them. Because without the people knowing the depth, the depth of talent that we have, then they won't be able to sponsor, to fund it. When I look at Um, You know, when I look at basketball and I look at these Olympic coaches, Don Staley, right, we have the hard workers that are there. We've done it. We've opened the doors. But now it's time for the sponsors to, we need more sponsors for these events. We need more in, income of, um, of money to help these athletes and marketing, to do more events, to help with more of the golf tournaments that you're doing, um, the community events that you're doing for the youth, for them to be highlighted, and these events like the Hall of Fame. So I am applauding and, and also hoping that we would you would get more sponsors, more support,
0: for what you're doing yes. Uh, and, and sitting in the lead role and I know our board of directors would appreciate that too. yes <laughs> oh no we, we definitely appreciate those kind words well let's um Thank let's kind you. of let's, let's transition a little bit and start kind of connecting the dots between this is an Olympic year, you're yes. a former Olympian February of an Olympic year where was your mindset going into the 2000 Olympics? uh
1: my mindset February is it was already set. Um, when you are training, um, the years, it takes four years. The first year it was set. <laughs> by, by the time I get to the fourth year. So we're talking
0: I, back in 1997 or even late 96. After Atlanta, you you have your mind set on Sydney in 2000. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't do it if your mind wasn't set yeah. before. Um, And and that's the difference. You know, when we were talking about uh, dimensions, when we're talking about levels, you know, divisions, there is a mindset that comes with that. And that's where I want the youth to know that you have to be around fire to get on fire. Um, You have to be near electricity to get on, you know, to have that electricity to come through. You got to be near it. You know, you got you got to be around it. And so um, the, the things that we're doing now is to help you to get on fire. And, and in order to do that, we had to get on fire and make that plan. When, when I went to with some of the coaches there in Virginia, uh, I was nurtured a lot in Virginia and we went to the Olympic training center way before I had ever got an Olympic medal. It was the mindset that had to be established. And so when the years later, years earlier, you got to really set that plan with that coach and then you got to stick with it. That's what Virginia helped me. My home helped me to be consistent. You know, the blue collar workers, those those teachers that stayed in it, not just for the paycheck, for the love of it. Um, that saw the students and the athletes that really flourished through the years and they came back 20, 30 years later with gold medals and they came back with their degree and their doctoral and their master's. That is a fulfillment that comes from early on. You know, that mindset, that stability, that foundation that sees the vision and stays in that marriage, stays on that job, stays as a coach, volunteering, volunteering, um, you stick with it because you see the greater the greater vision. And so that started when we, I first started. The vision had to be set and a commitment had to be there. So when you get on that line and it's the Olympic um, four by four, it's the last leg and the, the arena is shaking and you don't even know if you can run on the track because the arena is shaking so bad, it's waving back and forth. But will that change your mind? Will that moment, Will that pressure, Will the millions watching change your mind? No, it, it would be a steadfast, unmovable, you're like a gladiator. We, we're, we realize what the gladiators, when you get on that metal stand and you really think about the years that you sacrifice, you get it, you get it. It was, I love what I do and I'm committed to the end. And if whatever come May, whatever comes, it doesn't matter because I'm meant to be here. So it starts a long time ago.
0: You know, one of the things I always enjoy talking especially to our track and field inductees is is about the training because yeah. when you are a football player or a basketball player or a baseball player, your games are, you know, 60 minutes in game time but it's a 3 hour it's a 3 hour event or 9 innings 3 hour event. You all are training for something that is literally over in seconds. And and that has to take a certain mindset, especially when you're training, knowing that you work those four years, particularly for the Olympics. Now, there are other international competitions that are just as high profile, but the Olympics is what really catches everybody's eye. Four years for literal seconds. How were you able to maintain that high level of training across those four years?
1: That high level of training comes from a mental capacity that is uh, – I, that is nurtured I we have a our body is worth more than six billion you you, you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. I mean when you I used to watch this show when I was a kid I mean I used to watch Mary Lou Retina <laughs> she inspired me to be an Olympian and I used to watch this show talking about the million dollar it was like it was it a million dollar man or a billion dollar man it was it was some show back in the day but it you know of course it was probably in the millions then now we're worth more but um when i thought about how our minds are like computers where we are we're faster we're more consistent you can depend on depend on us more than ai mm-hmm. ai is ai is copying us <laughs> if you really <laughs> think about it when you think about steve jobs and I, I i look i read his story and i wonder when his last words I, it, it just amazes me of his extraordinary mind his mindset it was his mindset um, and, he, and his, his his mind would be so expensive right now. If we could have put his mind in a bottle <laughs> and kept it. Um, it would be so expensive because he was so advanced. I would say that when you think about the training and what you have to do, it is your mindset that is already there and your body follows. So, you know, most of the time they say is, you know, your your mind, you're, you're basically... Uh, maybe 80% is more mental. And then the rest of maybe the 30% is is really body, your body just getting in shape. When you think about that, my body is still the same. My weight is still the same that I was in college, right? Um, But my mind had to develop. Mm -hmm. So the mindset that I had in high school running was not the mindset that I had in the pros, right? But it was more mental, than physical so that's the way i can i try to explain that to youth so that when they and some kids will be like i got it and once they get it that light just snaps on they realize that i don't really have to worry about my body my body will develop let it go as it as it comes because you can't rush a 14 year old body to be a pro body right it has to develop on its own but your mind can change just one thought, one thought would change it from from dying from cancer to believing that I would have all these years that I would like to have. I mean, if you really think about, I've I've had my grandfather, he was on, he, he was, not, I think, 83, and he passed June the 27th. I remember we were having a camp at the University of South Carolina, and he told me to go ahead on and do the camp, mm-hmm. and when he passed, he said I would call. He said he would call when he knew he was passing the family was all around in virginia the church family people from all over but he knew his timing you see what i'm saying so when people talk about things and they talk i say that's one thing but if you know what you know i came from coaches that trained us volunteer you know worked hard but they knew what they knew so when i got on the track when i got in the professional arena i didn't guess I, go, I went with what I knew. So our minds are so intelligent. We're so advanced, far beyond AI. We've created AI. We are the trendsetters. And so you have to go with trademarks. You have to go with people who know, people who've already been through the fire, people who've already tested the water, and they've gotten to the point that they know It's not a guessing game, they've tried it, they've gone to Europe, they've slept in the beds, they've gone through the the time zones, they know how to wake up, they know how to adapt. Those people are people like my father, they didn't mind testing the waters, walking it. But then when they came back and they went through the trials of the years, they were steadfast, unmovable, but they had strong minds, strong hearts. They were fortified. So it comes with the mindset. And so it doesn't matter the years, it doesn't matter how your body feels, it is what you know, and what you're willing to commit to. And then those people are valuable, because they are not willing to change when the when the time and seasons change. It's your mindset.
0: You know, you, you've, you've given us some amazing words kind of going through the training and the process of going from, you know, Atlanta ends in 96, already looking ahead to Sydney. So now you're on the other side of the world. You're in Australia. Yes. And did you know you were going to be the anchor leg?
1: I did not know. I didn't okay. find out until minutes. We were in the uh, warm up area. I another track and yeah. you have to go through a tunnel to get to the actual Olympic track. I didn't find out until we the we have different coaches. So my coach that trained me for years is waiting for me in the Olympic arena as the Olympic coaches choose the athletes for the final legs. Because remember, all when we run in the Olympic trials, yeah. they take the last the final race uh, after all the rounds that we run. They take the top three, and then they take the rest of the eight that's on that track in the final. So they get to choose from eight
0: athletes. So you so you're minutes away from one of the biggest races of your life and you're told you're the anchor leg. At that point, are you thinking more about the race itself or do not drop the baton?
1: You're not even thinking about don't drop the baton. Um you know to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you know the bullets. You you've been brief, right? Um, you've been with the executive board, you yeah. you know all the the you know the, the main key things. Um, the main thing that you really think about is what I'm listening to the surety, the confidence of the coaches and what leg I'm going to be on. Mm -hmm. When they tell me the leg, then I calculate, you basically as an athlete, you know, this is what I do for fourth leg. So your mind is going back on priorities, necessities. What are the things that the fourth leg do? Here I go. So they, they put you in all arenas. When we ran before, the uh, final race we've ran in different countries, preparation is there, so your mind is set to I ran first leg, I ran second, I ran third, I ran fourth. What does fourth leg do? Boom, 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 boom. You see how AI your mind goes to. Fourth leg. It puts a, 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 a techie image on the board. And in your mind, you know, fourth leg does this. This is what I do. Hold the baton. Yes, go. <laughs>
0: you have the template ready to go in your mind. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> when, when you cross that finish line and you knew that that race was won, and you all had done it. Just, I, I always love hearing from the athletes themselves. What was the emotion? What was that feeling when you finally crossed that line?
1: When I ran, it was sweet peace. So the athletes will know, oh, how did you, when when you first start out, It Marion was coming and I was just jumping just to let the energy, stress flow. If you stand still, you got energy rolling through your body because you're seeing, you're feeling the stadium. The stadium is waving, but you're in your zone. You're in your your zone. You know, most athletes can talk to themselves it, it is power in what you say, because if you tell yourself to stay calm and you are consistent where you made that a habit that no matter what goes on, I'm going to stay calm, it would do that for you. But you got to make it a habit, okay? You got to put yourself in a pressured situation and you were calm and your mind says, oh, I can do this. So that's what training does. It This, is, this sport is the only sport that's in the Bible. I can promise you that. It's the only sport that I I would say this in the Bible that Jesus talks about. It's because he's letting you know that you got to run this race for yourself and you need support. You need his support. And the only way you can get through it is through him. And so in that race, I had a sweet piece because I called on him. I'm not putting this on nobody else, but I can tell you what I did. I called on him. And he came through for me. And I had a sweet peace when I ran. And when I came through the finish line, my mind was, Virginia, I just broke the door wide open for any other athlete <laughs> in Portsmouth that wanted to do this, can do it. And next thing you know, here comes LaShawn Merritt, and he's multiplying. So we're looking for the next
0: ones. Well, now Next we have Grant Holloway. We yes. Have Cherry. Yes. And go up to Northern Virginia. You got Noah Lyles. There's Virginia. Yes. There's Virginia connections oh all over and the dude, Olympic team.
1: And Noah Lyles, Holloway, they're doing it, and they are making it look so easy, so easy. But I can't wait for Paris. Can't it, wait to see it, them in Paris.
0: It's been great to kind of take this trip down memory lane. It's not that long ago, but it's still, it's still you know, a yes. trip down memory lane, lane and. And we know that there's going to be a lot of great memories in this year's Olympics, and there's going to be Virginia connections all over the place. Uh, we're we're just about out of time, but Latasha, I just want to thank you again for taking the time today. It was great talking about your podcast, great talking about the history, uh, some of your your uh, athletic accomplishments, and uh, just want to th- again thank you for joining Hawk Hall Call today.
1: Thank you, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. I honor you.
0: Thank you. Well, that is 2014 Virginia Sports Hall of Fame inductee, Latasha Colander-Clark. Again, you can listen to her podcast, Christ Talk, anywhere podcasts are available. I'd like to thank everyone who tuned in and who will watch or follow along this interview. As always, you can stay up to date on all things Virginia Sports Hall of Fame and the Hall Call Interview Series via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. You can also listen to the Hall Call podcast on Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Join us next Tuesday when our next Hall Call episode episode will feature 2024 incoming inductee Jill Ellis, two-time Women's World Cup champion manager. So another exciting episode coming up next week. Once again, I am Will Driscoll from the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Whatever you do, participate, don't spectate, and we'll see you next time.